At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Awesome. I can't go see a spy movie because I'm not old enough, but I know exactly what happens. There's people with these crazy, amazing things, and they fly out of the sky, and they fall around, and then they'll jump, and they twist, and they kick people, and then they win in the end. Wow. Tassie giving, like, kind of the, the rundown of the movie there. Well, what you didn't see is that she was leaping and twirling around much like a spy would. <laughs> I, I did get a chance to see that. I'm the, I'm the lucky one. <laughs> you get the front row seat. Exactly. Tassie's a bundle of energy. She's imaginary, Aaron. Oh, what? Yeah. Don't. Don't. Don't destroy the verbal reality. <laughs> she is imaginary. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're excited to talk about Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and some other things on today's edition of Sift Pop. Sift Pop, produced by Shoe the Doe. Mm-hmm. Hosted by the critic, the geek, and the girl. And today, we've got myself, the critic, and of course, the girl, Danae. And today, we are joined for the first time ever. A brand new geek. No, for the first time ever by someone in the studio with us. <gasps> This is... It's a local geek. We have an actual physical person in the room. We're not joined by... Ladies and gentlemen, we have an actual physical geek in the room. Everybody panic. <laughs> get get your questions ready for the geek. A big round of applause for Andrew Ormsby <laughs> from Flick Freaks. Ahoy. Ahoy. Well, the thing is, with the geeks is we really don't like to go outside because there's a like three-second buffer from getting from our apartment to the car where we have to be in the sun, uh-huh. and it's just... It's awful. It's, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> well, we appreciate that you braved the sun to actually yeah, physically come to the studio real. today. Oh. Uh, why don't you tell people about Flick Freaks if you... Uh, it's mainly a YouTube channel. You can find us at Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube, um, all at forward slash Flick Freaks. Mainly what we do is reactions, but we do a little bit of Let's Plays for video games, and every now and then I'll do a... Uh, film review and stuff. I got to join you in your studio just yes. a few weeks ago and something kind of cool happened to that video. Uh, Danae was on two of my videos, my two highest viewed videos. On, or, How do yeah, you feel about highest. that, Danae? I feel like it's probably because I was there. <laughs> we did, yeah, that, that must have been it. We did uh, the E3 presser for Sony or in their PlayStation 4 and <laughs> apparently my reaction to Final Fantasy VII Remake being announced is the biggest thing to hit the internet ever because <laughs> within a week, I think I, we got up to 160,000 views. Do you know where it is right now? The It's probably somewhere around 170. It's kind of, thing with reaction videos is you got to get there. Like, in the moment. In the moment. Yeah, they burn hot. They burn hot and yeah, they yeah. burn quick. Yeah, for sure. So I think we're probably about 175. Gotta have my ding, ding, ding. Yeah, which yeah. is Give not me a my hashtag. Ding, ding, ding. That, it became a hashtag. That was great. <laughs> I love it. You should definitely you know go watch it. You've arrived when you become a hashtag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, you know, you've arrived. I want my ding, ding, ding. I want yeah. my ding, ding, ding. Being there in person was really ding, fun, ding. too. Yeah. Yeah. That was good times. Uh, Nostalgia moment. Well, we are we are thrilled that you're able to join us today to talk uh, Rogue Nation, uh, talk some other stuff as well. Uh, we love doing this, and thank you so much for joining us uh, in the chat. Uh, I think you got an ahoy from Alexander. So hey, thank you, Alex. So Alex is here. Uh, I see Austin's here. Brenton's here. Justin's here. Caleb's here. Lots of people hanging out in the chat. Many others listening also where you're not signed in, and that's fine, too. We love okay. that you're listening there. If you are signed in, you can chat along with us. Yeah, have uh, questions or anything. And we want to thank real quickly right at the very beginning of the show before we jump into our review. Thanks to our Patreon supporters for making the show possible. If you would like to become a Shoe the Dough patron, head to patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. And even if you just give a buck a month, there's tons of extra things there for you. Extra audio each time we go live. Cool yeah, behind-the-scenes stuff. Every show we do, we record audio afterwards that goes out only to our supporters. So it's kind of uh, fun. So, and that's at our, again, Patreon page. I am so excited to get into this movie, though. Yeah? So when are we going to get started on that? We'll, we'll get started <laughs> on the movie. Now? Yes, we can do that right now. Uh, <laughs> how about we play a clip first? Okay. Here's a clip from Mission Impossible. Package is still on that plane. Check down the fuel pump. Uh... Mechanicals are locked out. What about the electrical system? Oh, that might work. Uh, no. Hydraulics. Okay, stand by. 
No, oh, they're encrypted. Benji, the plane! Yes, the package is on the plane! We get it! Can you open the door? I'm by the plane. Benji, can you open the door? Uh, maybe. Open the door when I tell you! I'm on the plane! Open the door! How did you get in the plane? Not in the plane! I'm on the plane! <laughs> Tom Cruise, I'm not in the plane. I'm, I'm on, on the, the plane. plane. If you've seen the trailers for this movie, and I don't know how you would have avoided them at this point in time, we all know the infamous plane scene. Well, let's just start there, even before we get into our first thoughts, because it's right off the bat in the movie, which yes. I thought was great because it's made such a big deal of it's nice to get that out of the way. You're not looking for when it comes, that kind yeah. of thing. Because usually trailers, they if they're going to reveal like a big explosion you know big thing you're like that's that's the big finale right but so no if, it's right at the very beginning so if you don't know awesome. what we're talking about tom cruise is literally hanging off the side of a plane as it's taking off not a stunt double not a stunt double not, not a computer CG. generated he is hanging on to a plane as it's going 300 miles an hour to take off it's pretty incredible and from what I understand, he had to wear special contacts because, well, he wants to keep his eyeballs. Yeah. And also, they had to do it several times. Uh, it wasn't just a one take. He actually got hurt during that stunt. I think he broke one of his fingers holding onto the plane. Wow. He, he was strapped in, obviously, with a, uh, a safety harness. That's a good reason to break a finger. Yeah. He said... He, he got hurt six times during this movie. He said... I, I remember him talking about getting hit on one of the takes um, by something about the size of a fingernail. He said, and he felt the impact. Like he was. Oh, because it, he's flying through the because air. Because he's going so fast through the air or whatever. And people just, aren't supposed to be <laughs> exposed to the elements off when the side flying. Of a plane? No, they're not. And it it takes off. It's not like it's just going down the runway. Like clip clop clip clop. Oh. I'm you know taking a little journey. No, this plane takes off and then has to land. So so let's get anyway. right. It. Let's get into it. You can already tell that it's an exciting movie. That it kind of gets the blood pumping in that way. But overall, kind of what were your feelings and thoughts? You know, just talking generally. Danae, what do you think? Well, I loved that. See, I didn't watch any of the previous Mission Impossible movies before going in. And usually, when we've been doing these in the past, where there's kind of like ones in the that came before, mm -hmm. um, I try to catch up, but I didn't this time. So I was really thankful that this one totally stands on its own. So in general, that's one of my favorites. And also I liked that uh, for me, the plot kept getting kind of more and more complex and each character was really playing inside the plot in a different way. Like nobody was really on the same journey, it didn't seem. So you had a good time. So I had a really good time because it. I was able to be there for how long is this movie? It's two over two half. hours. Yeah, it's yeah. about two and a half. So that's my, my general thoughts is even though it was long, it was a good ride. What did you think? Andrew? I had a blast yeah. watching this movie. Oh, it was so fun. I'm going to go into more details of why later on, but just nonstop intensity, edge of your seat. There were a couple times where Danae and I were like patting our legs. We're like, oh, this is happening. This is happening. <laughs> and yeah. You get restless hand syndrome. Exactly. <laughs> you just can't keep still because it's amazing. No, it was a lot of fun. I lot totally of fun. agree. I had a blast. I was in it the whole time, which for a two and a half hour movie is saying something. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I thought it was really well done and really fun and one of the better Mission Impossible movies. Very much uh, so. and I, and I like the other Mission Impossible movies mm -hmm. with the possible exception of two, uh, two was a little too yeah. John Woo for me, but um, I like, I think this is doves. my favorite. Yes. Too many slow motion doves. <laughs> Even though I don't really remember much about the previous ones, I think I will remember this one. So this one will likely be my standout favorite. Um, I thought it was also really unique in how. You think you know what to expect and you think you know where it's going to go because, you know, at this point, Mission Impossible pretty much just has to do cookie cutter things mm. to to put a movie out that people are going to watch. Like, they really don't have to think too much about it. People well, it's are going to go see it. It's right. a working formula and there's no reason to really mess around with it too much. But they change. They, it's like, um, you know, you pick up a cookie and it's the same shape and it has maybe the same color icing and the same colored sprinkles, but it tastes even better. And that's kind of like this movie, even though it has some of the same elements and it looks pretty much the same in a lot of ways, the ingredients of this movie were really, really relieving because they didn't do some of the things that you think the movie is going to do. I'm glad you brought that up because I love that it was mostly the same because it keeps it simple. It, it, it doesn't it makes it so you don't get distracted by a lot of the changes. So for instance, a lot of the characters we already knew, they didn't try to introduce a ton of new people. 
uh, there was a new woman who was kind of, you know, the the foil slash, you know, Rebecca Ferguson, I think Rebecca Ferguson. uh, And who, by the way, amazing. Yeah, I thought she was phenomenal. You love the shoe part. (laughs) yeah we will we'll talk about that um but i love the i love the fact that because of that you are allowed to really invest yourself in the story and invest yourself in the action and the humor in a way without having to remember oh who's this again yeah wait what are they doing again oh wait i thought this was a good guy and then a bad guy and then it had a little bit of that twist but so many movies now try to over twist yeah and it It was subtle and it was and you never felt like you you know it was like genuine nods to just Oh, they didn't have to show us that. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Andrew. See, I think that's very interesting because I kind of disagree with both of you on that, that you think it's similar. And here's why. And bear with me because I I'm think offended. Yeah, if we I, go, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking you upset. out. You should leave. Fine. All right. Thanks for inviting me over. I like, I like, I like to we don't, We don't tolerate disagreement here, no, Andrew. But it, this is why. And to say this, I have to go all the way back to the beginning of Mission Impossible. And when I say that, I don't mean the 1960s Peter Graves, Leonard Nimoy show. I mean the 1996 movie. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the Mission Impossible movies have had a long time difficulty of trying to define what type of movie they want to be. Because every time, and this is going to sound like a really weird comparison, they're kind of like the Fast and the Furious movies in the sense that each movie feels a lot different than the previous one. With the first Mission Impossible movie, it's more of an espionage movie. And then with number two, you get into the over-the-top John Woo-ness of it. And then it's not only, it's not until you get to four and now the fifth one where you actually get to see how it's like, this is the movie we want to be because now these movies are starting to work. Mm-hmm. I love that's, the dynamics that. That's a great point. I think I think it's valid. Although I do think with three, I think three, four, and five, I kind of see as almost a trilogy. Like I, I see the first two as their own kind of separate thing, and then three, four, and five because I think three, four, and five were all produced by J.J. Abrams, right? Yes. Bad Robot was Bad Robot. oversaw all three of those, and, uh, and and not necessarily directed. He directed number three, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, oh, didn't a Pixar director direct number four? Wasn't it like Andrew Stanton or Brad Bird? It or was Brad Bird. Brad I think. Bird, yeah, directed number four. Those of us who don't care about names have checked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just an Aaron and I moment. <laughs> it's okay. You guys can geek out. So, so why I bring that up is to say I do see a consistency between three, four, and five yeah. as far as now. I will say they're maturing and they're more zoning in on exactly the kind of movie they want to be. And but I think the same about the Fast and Furious movies, too. I think the last two or three Fast and Furious movies have zoned in on the kind of movie that it is. And I guess that's why I find the comparison is because they're like, okay, we know this works. We can actually start to hone in on this and surgically you know, make it make them better because now we know the type of movie we want to make. Yeah. I will say that you're getting some support in the chat. Uh, Justin says that he agrees with you. Um, it's because Justin They all felt a little bit different. <laughs> and then as Spartan Knight says, um, has heard the comparison before and also thinks that that's spot on. Aaron, you're also getting some support in the chat too. It's so good to know. It's good, good to conversations know. We'll tally happening. the votes up at the end and the, uh, the loser will be executed. Justin sounds like a very handsome man. <laughs> For those of you wondering... Justin's my husband, so I also agree with that. <laughs> I, I don't want to be left out. I also agree. Justin, you're very, very handsome. <laughs> well, this just got awkward. <laughs> so um, Mission Impossible, as they have continued, I think has become a real understanding of what it is, and I really did appreciate that. Let's talk about the performances. Uh, you mentioned Rebecca Ferguson. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what you liked about her performance in this? Um. Okay, yes, I do. But I'd like to start with wondering, do you think she wore contacts? I don't know why, because her eyes were so special, they were like, vibrant. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word. There was something. There may have even been post visual effects. I'm a walking. I'm wondering because they were like, like Elvin. She was shining. <laughs> her her eyes were shining. Like, it was, there was like something Galadriel very or yeah, something yeah. up on screen, which yeah. is awesome because like they really sucked you in. But you know what? Tom Cruise has that same thing where he's just such a presence on screen. Yeah, and that was one of the things I liked about her. Is that she was an equal presence for him? Like uh, when she yeah. was on the screen, he didn't he didn't steal sc- the screen away from her. No, I think they, they shared all, it. They all did a really good job. Yeah. So as far as performances go, I really don't think anybody really stood out as annoying me. So that means they all did good, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they <laughs> all did pretty for. good. Um, I will say one of the surprising people that really got to me was our uh, our main bad guy. 
Sean and of Harris. course, there's a lot going on in this. You know, there's different people. You're wondering who they are, and mm-hmm. and they don't really give a lot away throughout the film. You're kind of realizing things, you know, as your characters are, which is great sure. development. Um, but they, he has such an interesting profile, like the way that our main bad guy looks and his intensity. He's got these big yet somehow still beady eyes, and is it his glasses or is it his face? And then, did you ever you think know, it was over the oh. top, like a little too much? Like a little too senior chewing? I didn't either, by the way. I'm just asking the question. I've seen him in movies before, so I've he uh, that's how his voice sounds. Oh, in really? every single movie, that's what his voice sounds so like. So that's his voice. So yeah. I wasn't like I could see how people were like, oh, he's trying to get the the really so, like the really scruffy. Yeah, gruffy. but it's not it's no, not because what's his name in uh in Jupiter Mer- Ascending. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, oh. so. his his performance is very Eddie Redmayne. whispery. Yeah. But that really? wasn't that. Yeah, it, he was awful. He in chose Jupiter to ascending. perform that way. And in he's that a great movie. actor because Eddie. I just saw what was the. the he's done really Ethan, well in other the, ones. Uh, movie he just did, where he was Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it's called. Something yeah. about the universe or beginning but of everything. Something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Our yeah. our main you know theory of everything. Bad guy mm-hmm. in this film. I didn't think for a minute that he was overacting his vocal like no, his I didn't voice either. because he still had a depth to it. And I was like, that's just. I think that's just his voice. But anyways, he was just curious enough. Um, and yeah, I thought everyone did a great job really, really well. I, I don't think anybody either tried to outshine another person. They all kind of just fit into their roles. And I, that might be because this movie is at that mature part where like we all were just talking about, it's really found its rhythm. What did you think, Andrew, about the performances? I'm going to agree that all the performances were great. So I'm going to add that I think the chemistry between everybody was off the charts. The dynamic duo between, um, Tom Cruise and um, who was uh, Shaun of the Dead? I, I feel Simon like Peg. Simon Pegg. Oh, I, I yeah. had a brain fart there. Sorry. No, Simon Pegg and Tom Cruise was like the Hardy Boys together. It there was is one amazing. scene with them that I want to go into on the spoilers. When we talk about spoilers after is we're done here. Is it whenever you laughed and I laughed? Yeah, it, and it, it, laughed? Entire oh, man. I, I mean, there were several scenes, but there's one specifically that I don't feel like I can mention here because it is kind of a spoiler what, yeah. what happens in that scene. But I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. And also, it wasn't just them. Also, Ving Rhames and Jeremy Renner together, great. Like who 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 are those guys again? Ving Rhames was the He's... big black guy, and Jeremy Renner was the uh, Brant, Brant, the born, the newborn. Jason Except born. not the newborn, because Matt Damon apparently still wants to be born. Oh really? Oh, okay, <laughs> Hawkeye. Yes, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Thank you. It's Jeremy go. Renner. That that's one thing that I I do feel for Jeremy Renner because he was supposed to take over Mission Impossible and then Tom Cruise was like, No, I think I want to keep doing him. Yeah. And then he was supposed to take over Bourne, and now Bad Damon's like, No, I'm gonna keep doing him. And then he's in the Avengers and he's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> And they tried to give him a big role in this latest one, but still people didn't appreciate it. Yeah. Although he did make light of it on the Jimmy Fallon show with that song, which was great. Oh yeah, yeah. I and, didn't and see that. He's great. Jeremy Renner's great. I just it's so interesting that he thinks he's taking over these franchises and well, it just never seems to happen. It's because they make him think he is. <laughs> it's not like he just goes in like this is gonna be mine. They're like, Hey, you know, you're gonna be the main and yeah. you're gonna take over this. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Yeah. But he was great. I thought Ving Rhames was great. Um, it, Simon Pegg, he is possibly the best comic relief in movies today. Like, he is just so... His timing is so perfect. He's very confident. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I think he did a great job. I do, too. Yeah. Very much so. Alec Baldwin? Nah. Great. I okay, mean, great. two very different reactions. I mean, no, great. let's go there. <laughs> no, no. I, I think he was great because... Uh, he wasn't really a villain, but he was a um, he was an obstacle that the team had to get past, and he didn't overdo it to the point where you're like, I hate Alec Baldwin. You right. thought he was just he's a hurdle. The we cocky have to, CIA guy. Yeah, he yeah. was the cocky CIA guy, and he wasn't a cliched cocky CIA guy. He was just a man with a job who you knew was there and. He wasn't as overbearing as Alec Baldwin could have been. And I should mention, and again, maybe we can go more details in the spoilers, uh, good character development in that character, too. That character had a good story arc. He grew arc. on me. Yeah. He, he had a, grew on He me. had a good story arc that I that you don't often see with that type of character in no, a movie. No, they usually have like the dump guy that you just can just hate the whole time. That's right. That type of character usually has a comeuppance. Yeah. You know, of some sort. And this movie turned that on its head. The first time I ever heard the word comeuppance, I think I was watching uh, Murder, She Wrote. Because <laughs> well, I just had this flash of gig. Angela Lansbury in my mind. <laughs> Those are my people. 
<laughs> the murder she wrote people. I did like his performance, um, but he is used for a lot of like initial um, was exposition kind of at the beginning where yeah, they're like, yeah. explaining a lot. So it was like, eh, get off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to have a conversation with you. So I don't feel like there was too much exposition in this though. I feel like there were bits and no, pieces here and there. I was worried at the beginning. Yeah. I was worried at the beginning because there was a, there was a couple of scenes where there was just a lot going on mm-hmm. where it was a lot of conversation about, you know, this and that. But as I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, this is always probably a good idea to have at the beginning of a movie is to let you know what your environment is and let you know what's going to be going on for a little while. And it didn't go on the entire movie. They really let go at a couple parts and they just had a lot of fun. And it always seemed like there was another action scene. Can right we talk on about action scenes mm-hmm. now? Yes, absolutely. So let's go into Yay. a little more little more specifics. Um, and, and Danae, since you're excited to talk about action, go ahead. Tell me what, you know, what you're excited to talk about. Um... Okay, so I don't feel like it's a spoiler because... Um, By the way, we I'm, really loved this movie, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I really I'm did. really excited about this, yeah. Um, so I'm learning what spoilers are and are not considered for okay. movies. So not really a spoiler is that there's a car and motorcycle chase in an action movie. That's not a spoiler. Right. Correct. Because in my head, I was like, maybe I can't talk about it. But I think it's kind of expected, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there is a really amazing car chase. Um, again, really fun kind of things going on before and after and during you know that are really fun in that but i want to specifically hone in on this motorcycle chase because that was a fun you forget sometimes there are so many movies that come out and i and i see every single movie that comes out and there's so many car chases and there's so many action scenes and so many directors doing this you forget what it's like when it really really works and when it really really works you are on the edge of your seat you are in it. There's something about the way they shot this action, yeah. the way they followed these motorcycles, the way you had See, both a, a sense of wide perspective yes. and inside perspective. It was perfect. Yeah, I had a great time. There was only like a couple things that really bugged me, and it's because I used to ride motorcycles. I was never the driver. I was always the rider, and we did do trick bike tricks and stuff. Really? And we had a particular thing we always hey. tried to do. <laughs> Today, the trick motorcycle rider. Okay, it was a long you time learn ago. Something new every day. <laughs> so How there was. A, we were in the circus. <laughs> we traveled through these the United States for a while. Uh, no, no, we we were, had a bear, <laughs> a trained monkey, <laughs> a trained monkey. So you know, we would do various tricks and things like this, and you know, standing up on the bike, flipping, flipping around. You know, I'd I'd be on the back, and then I'd flip around to the front. There are all these different things we did, and we would practice on. You know very careful environments as careful as one can be right when being stupid and doing these <laughs> things but one of the things we really wanted to get to like we were really trying to do this sounds so stupid now i was such a dumb person <laughs> um was we wanted to scrape our knee like we wanted to get into the tight turn, turn yeah, yeah, yeah. and scrape our knee so when we're watching this motorcycle scene you can't imagine i'm just like yes <laughs> i was so pumped up they're going to scrape their knees. And they're, I mean, they are popping back and forth. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some tight turns and it is like beautifully shot. Yeah. It is gorgeous. But there's a couple things that really bugged me. Okay, go for it. Number one, when you're doing that, you can't just whip your head back and look behind you <laughs> without totally wiping out. Like, come or on. Or pull out a gun. Pull out a gun is another thing. But there's also one where they kind of like, you know, bump the other guy. When you oh. are flying down the road on a motorcycle on these crazy angles and you just tap, even if it's just, you know. Everybody's going down. You're all going yeah, down. Yeah, not just one person. But before we move on and go, I want to hear what you guys think too. Well, Tom Cruise is a person. He's That's a right. totally different instant. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is some sort of combination of an X-Man. You and... see, Liam Neeson, this is what an old action hero is supposed to be. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Slam against Liam. There's this Shots one fired. particular shot that I, it, for some reason, it's really staying with me. And um, it's where the camera is like down on the road, like kind of right on the center line. And then you've got the people kind of whipping around on either side. Okay. And there are these teeny tiny little pebbles in the road. Did you guys see this? Mm-mm. There's these teeny tiny little pebbles on the road like you would that are there, you know, if mm-hmm. you want to go really look at it. But who's going to go stand on a highway and look? These guys, apparently. But when the uh, speed racers go by, they like pop up on the road just like you would see. They like kind of like they vibrate up a little yeah, bit. They yeah, they vibrate yeah, up yeah. a little bit. And I just I don't know. I loved that. I love that there was that kind of amount of detail because everything about that chase was speed and intensity yeah. and even the pebbles popping up on the road were like just 
super, super right on. So I had, that was my favorite. There's a lot I loved, but that was probably one of my favorite scenes was just that intense ride. It was intense. We saw it in IMAX, I should say. So like when we, it it filled up our entire vision. (laughs) That's true. And to say that there was an insanely awesome motorcycle car chase scene the same year that Mad Max Fury Road came out. Right. That says a lot about what this movie can deliver. Yeah. So. No, I think you're right, and I and I think that that's um, that's a testament to how amazing the action was in this movie, yeah. and not just that chase scene, and not just hanging off the side of a plane. There were at least two other action set pieces that were, you know, great as well. My favorite, and not getting into spoilers, was the uh, sneakiness. I think it was like the third or second one where Simon Pegg finally is visiting a country mm-hmm. and you guys <gasps> yes and i love that scene because oh that was so good i like that scene because you are not allowed to be seen by the civilian populace and that adds an entire level of just excitement and like fear on the edge of your seat like no you can't be seen it's a spy it's an actual spy scene mm-hmm. yeah and that's why i liked it oh man that was it's really so good. good yeah and i love the music in that part too mm-hmm. I also love, and I, you know, I mentioned this with Alec Baldwin's character and how his character development was different than most movies. I love how this movie was decidedly unique in its approach to certain things. Um, you know, for instance, it took a lot of the. We'll, we can talk about the shoe now because I think that's one example. You know, oh, the, 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 hero- face. The, the heroine, you know, <laughs> saying, look, I'm not going to run around and fight in high heels. Yeah. I, you know, I'm taking these off. At the very end of this uh, movie, Aaron, we're all walking out. Aaron's like, I am really surprised that you didn't sit up and go, yes, thank you. <laughs> because I get so passionate about women wearing ridiculous shoes and scenes like that. So, uh, but, you know, and then for, and there's one instance where Ethan Hunt is, of course, escaping and guys are firing at him in a hallway. And it's like the typical action thing where, you know, he doesn't even get hit. But then you realize he actually did get hit. Yeah. But, and, they, but they just subtly nod to that. Right. They don't make, they a, don't big make a big deal about deal it. it. That's what I love. I just I love that it took the opportunity to be real in those moments and to be a little different and not do kind of the typical action movie thing. Yeah. And I, I thought that was that was really, really good. There's another thing they do that I wanted to talk about, and I really won't be able to fully talk about it until we do the spoilers, because yeah. it's towards the end. This movie has twists and turns. Not an exorbitant amount of them, but there are they are in there. And this movie does things where they have reveals. I love that this movie knew we were all in on the reveal. It knew in those moments that most of us, by the time the reveal happened were aware what was going to happen. The and crowd we were excited cheers. About and we're excited about it. And they took the time to go, yes, we... It's, we're going to nod. The, there's a character involved, and we'll talk about this more in the spoilers, who doesn't know the reveal is about to happen. And what's exciting about that is we all do, and we know he's making a speech. Shh, Aaron, and, you are getting way too close to spoiler no, 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 territory. I don't think, I you don't, shushy okay, shush. I'm just saying I love that they aren't afraid that we know. There, there There's some movie magic where... Whenever the audience can feel smarter than the characters that's on exactly screen, right. that's good. That's that exactly right. That's exactly right. That's yeah. a Hitchcock thing. Hitchcock yeah. used to talk about that's what suspense is. Suspense isn't a bomb blowing up. Suspense yeah. is when you know there's a bomb under the under the table, but the characters don't. Yeah. That's suspense when you know something that the characters yeah. in the movie don't know. But this movie really plays smart on that. Yeah. They do that really smartly. Yeah. I asked the uh, chat room if there was any questions before moving on. So if you have any questions for us, please feel free to mention them. We can kind of get yeah, those. Please. And by the way, I should mention if you're listening to this in podcast form, like you're not checking out live. Uh, in fact, the majority of our audience doesn't listen live. The majority of the audience does download it later. Uh, if you are one of those people, you can still connect with us. Uh, you can leave comments mm-hmm. uh, at our website. Yep. Uh, you can also call us. We have a phone number, 844-DNA-SHOW. You can call that anytime and leave a message there with any of your comments, that kind of stuff. We might use it on the show. Um, all that's available to you if you want to interact with us as well. That's Before fantastic. we get on towards the very end, I did want to talk a little bit about the fights, the violence part of this sure, movie. Sure, sure. Um, there's some really cool fight scenes in this, mm-hmm. but I thought that they kind of zoomed in a little bit too close on some of it, specifically our first major fight scene that we see where there's like hand to hand combat. Um, I really like whenever you can 
see what's happening. And I know that there's a part of like movie magic where you don't want to show too much because, yeah. you know, because your stars aren't that talented. <laughs> they, <laughs> they're not. They quite can't stand up to the withstanding <laughs> of a long shot, you know. Right. But there is the other side of it where it's a little bit too close and it's a little bit like, wait, there's a body flying here, body flying here. I can't I can't yes. get. And I don't know if it was because it was IMAX and it was so big. It was like I couldn't focus in. But the first fight scene I was disappointed in. But then by the end, I thought that there was a lot more kind of fun hand to hand combat. That hand to hand shaky cam thing really started to take prominence with the first born movie. Very much. Uh, Paul Paul Greengrass has also done a lot with that kind of thing, and uh, and it has become kind of an action staple because directors do actually know they can use it to hide the flaws in the fight choreography. Um, but yeah, I totally totally get your point. We do have a question. Uh, this is from Spartanite in the chat. What's up, Caleb? This was supposed to come out in December and was going to open against Star Wars. Do you think it could have competed with Star Wars? Not a chance. Answer any movie you want, and the answer is still no. <laughs> no. Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Jurassic World, any of those, you do not open within five months of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you're counter-programming. You know, not unless it's a romantic comedy or something that's trying to, you know, pick up some some, you know, Star Wars shrapnel. You know, I've never really thought about that before, that there's this I know there's strategy to everything that big production companies do. Yeah, they're dumb to not be, you know, like really processing this and thinking it through. But I'm just imagining like when the date comes out for Star Wars and everyone scrambles to rearrange their schedule, you know. Oh, yeah. In an interesting way, though. This movie is an exciting um, encouragement about Star Wars because, once again, this is a franchise that J.J. Abrams put his fingers on and mm. just reinvigorated it, turned it, it yeah. turned it to gold. J.J. Abrams, he's the one that did Alias, right? I'm still... Yes. Okay, okay, and okay. Lost. Yeah, and Lost. And... So I'm steeped in Alias right now. I'm kind of mm-hmm. catching up. and I've never watched before, so I've been watching it on Hulu. And um, so that's very spy. So it was another kind of fun thing for me in Mission Impossible is like... I'm back in a spy world. Yeah. It was really There's fun. something interesting about espionage. Uh, you mentioned that as a negative. And Andrew, did you have any negatives you wanted to bring up? I have negatives, but they're going to have to wait until the spoilers. spoilers. Okay. The, my only negative is the length. And honestly, I didn't feel it. That was going to be. I didn't feel it I didn't either. feel it, but it is long. And I do think maybe it could have been a little tighter. See, but that's a minor one There for were me. points in the movie where I was like, this is going kind of long. They mm-hmm. gotta, they gotta start wrapping this up. I did think that during the movie. Yeah, I didn't but think that. I'm not saying I did too. That's I'm exciting. not saying that I was bored because I was like throughout the entire movie, edge of my seat. But I didn't want to be too overwhelmed with every single. Leave some for another movie, you know. Absolutely. One more thing. Each of us got one more thing about the movie before we move on. Today. Okay. Um. If I have one more thing to add. It would be go see it. Very nice, Andrew. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, a lot of people, or it may just be me that's noticing this. A lot of films they're having a lot of one-dimensional villains lately. It, one of my favorite movies of last year, Guardians of the Galaxy, very very one-dimensional sure. villain. This movie, I thought, did a very good job of making you not only hate the villain. But be interested by him. Yeah, as well. that's good. So I think they did a good job on that. Sean Harris, great actor. He's going to be a star to keep your eyes on. My one more thing involves the romance in this movie. Another thing I think they did a typically, they yeah. never kissed. You know, <gasps> James Bond finds a woman. He and... hugged her at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's a spoiler? I do think oh. that's a spoiler. I don't see. But see, here's my thing. I don't think the movie ever wanted us to. Th- think in that direction they wanted us to see the like the mental and respect that they had for each other like that connection yeah but i just i just loved that it wasn't expected that they have a romantic relationship it's because mission impossible movies don't want to be bond movies yeah there are already bond movies and mission impossible will never be bond movie i apologize if that if anybody else considers that a spoiler i i, I just, oh, I'm, I'm already getting teased about it in the comments are you really <laughs> that i think it's a spoiler oh well, I can see how it can be strewed as. Listen, I am. I get so frustrated and so annoyed with pop culture and with the view that we see of how relationships work. And mm-hmm. if there if there is a connection between a man and a woman, and they're, they get and, they're smoochy, both, smoochy. and they're both single and they're the leads, that they're going to have to kiss at some point in time. That is how movies are 
always presented, not always, but for the most part, they're presented and it really frustrates me. So for me, I wouldn't have wanted to know that going in because I found it to be a fantastic surprise. Isn't it refreshing? I it thought was it was extremely refreshing. I thought it was really refreshing. Yeah. In in that way. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit. Uh, what are we talking about? Patreon? Sure. So Patreon is how we are supported here at Studio DNA. We produce Shoe the Dough podcast. We do the live recordings on Tuesdays and Fridays. Today being Friday means we're doing Sift Pop. On Tuesdays, we kind of cycle through other series that we do. And you can catch up on all those in our podcast feed. But it's all made possible by our supporters. So if you would consider giving even just a dollar a month to make sure that we can not only keep going, but we get to our next goal where we go three days a week. We're forty-five dollars wow. a month away from a third show every week. Isn't that exciting? Uh, in that third show, I think we can. Re- can we go ahead and reveal what that's going to be? I'd love to. We've just we've decided that it's going to be our new music, new music digest. digest. So, so we'll do the new music releases yep. every week uh, once we get to that that next level. So if you if you don't support, thank you for listening for yeah, one. Please. But if you could think about what one dollar every month looks like you know coming out and helping us out or we'd 45 appreciate it. then we'd or, be there and then we'd be whatever there. you, you want to do could pay for the whole third <laughs> third show each week just by yourself uh no we really do appreciate it and honestly we could not do this uh without you so thank you so much for your support again it's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash aaron and danae quick links at our website too so if you're used to just going to aaron and danae.com you can find all of this information right there at our website, including just click on Patreon and it'll take you right to where you need to go. You can see our stretch goals, things that are coming up in the future. Yeah. Our major huge stretch goal, like way down the line, or maybe not. I mean, if somebody wants to start, you know, supporting us pretty quickly, we want to hire a third person. And how cool would that be? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. So thank you so much for, for your support. And we look forward to whatever the next is. All right, you guys ready to move on to the second segment? Yeah, we're going to be Sif switching Pop. over. Let's do it. We're going to do we're going to do a round of Need to Know, and this is where we take a look at another movie that's out this week, uh, and look at the trailer together, and then each of you ask me questions since I've seen it and you haven't about things you might want to know about the movie. So, so this is what movie is this? The Vacation something? Vacation. This is the sequel to the original Vacation movies with Chevy Chase, National Lampoons. Okay. Okay. Christmas Vacation, those kind of things. And this follows uh, one of the Griswold kids, the Griswold boy, and what happens when he tries to take his family so on vacation. So we're going to listen to the trailer, huh? We're going to watch the trailer. Okay. Oh, we're, we're watching, watching it. it. Well, yep. you're listening on the podcast. We're watching You can it watch it studio. at home, too, if you want. Just pull Use it up your on your device. How about them internets? How about it? <laughs> All right, here it is. Appropriate for all audiences. Oh, Oh, it's Seal. I love this song. Everybody sing it with me. Okay. There used to be a graven tower alone on the sea. Am I not supposed to do this? The light that you shine can't be seen. Go sleep, go sleep, baby. I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. I can't believe no one in this family wants to sing. Right? Here we come. What the hell is that? That's a 2015 Tartan Prancer. It's the Honda of Albania. Let's hit the road. What kind of asshole would drive his family across country? Is this the red band? Yeah, you're, you, you found the, the cussy one. Oh, Oops. Too late now. We're in it. We'll try to beep it ahead of time. Beep. Beep. <laughs> no, I thought for sure I picked the green. No, it said all audiences at the beginning. You saw it. I did. I saw it. Face is like, Fugs? Huh? Stop talking to me. Is that Charlie Day? Is that, that is Charlie Day, yeah. Do you like school this year? That's okay. So, do you like school this year? That's seriously what you sound like. Just shut up. That kid's got attitude problems. <laughs> you think so? Okay, well, maybe if I press this rapid button, I'll like, give it a boost or something. Yes. They see me rolling. Somebody blew their head off. Freeze! This trip's not a nightmare. You had a dream to take your family to Wally World. Never let that go. Chevy Chase. 
good of a family are you? We're the Griswolds, you piece of ass. Beep. <laughs> I was a little, little late. A little late today. I was a little late on that one. <laughs> I say we call it Griswold Springs. Why does it smell like not nice? Well, that's the sulfur, buddy. It's natural. We says Danger Raw stuff. Sewage. I don't think this is a hot spring. I found a dart. Are you crazy? Everybody out of it and covered in human waste. Oh, come on, sweetheart. We don't know that it's human. And there you go. Oh, right. That is the movie. So. Apologies for the sudden PG-13 <laughs> language that entered into the podcast. That's the fun part of us doing a live show. Yeah, it We happens. really don't know when <laughs> it's just going to get real. <laughs> so as you can tell by the trailer, it's basically, oh, you know, you've everything already seen goes. This. I have seen the movie. Okay. So I am taking questions both in the comments, if you have any questions about the movie, but from our illustrious panel here, what do you need to know about vacation? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, so... Ed Helms. Today, what are you laughing at? The comments that says there really is nothing quite like listening to you guys watching a trailer. <laughs> no longer safe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and a nice throwback over to our other conversations. Sorry, Andrew. Hey, that's how I make a living. What are you talking about? <laughs> watching trailers. Um, that's right. That's what you do on your channel. You do yeah. reactions to trailers. So um, Ed Helms and Christina Applegate are taking the torch, so to speak, from Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. Do they do... An a decent job of that in this movie? The answer to that question is yes. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody could ever be Chevy Chase, but Helms and Applegate are really, really good together. Okay. Uh, in fact, they were one of the few bright spots in the in the movie. And if anything worked, if anything was funny, I think it was because of their comic timing. That's nice. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I even Ed Helms, oh, man, they're both good. I was going to say more than Christina, but she's really good too. So yeah, I think I think they're both they're both good, worthy replacements. Justin and I have the same question. Which he posted in the comments, which is, I've never seen the original ones, so everybody can just gasp and have a freak out. Yes, <laughs> I've never seen the original ones. Um, do we need to watch those before we watch this one? Need? Probably not. Um, will it inform y your understanding of why, you know, this family is, you know, kind of cursed on vacation? Yes. And will it inform how you interact when, you know, Chevy Chase is on the screen? Yes, a little bit. Uh, there are some inside references, but I don't think I don't think you'll be lost if you haven't seen okay. the older ones. Okay. This is going solely based on the trailers, and I've only seen the Red Band trailers for this movie. The original National Lampoon's Vacation, the the maturity it was a little um, subtle maturity humor. The there the Red Band trailers make it look vulgar just for the sake of being vulgar. Is that how it comes across in the movie? I don't know that it comes across as is wanting to be vulgar just for the sake of being vulgar, but and it's weird too because the movie pushes those lines differently than a lot of modern rated R raunch coms do. Okay. It, it feels a little more like the old vacation movies where it was more um, a matter of circumstance and not a matter of pushing a line. So, like for instance, you see them swimming in the raw sewage or whatever. Yeah, those are the kind of lines they push, and it's for more of kind of a comedy of errors. Than it is to make you cringe although lots of it is very very cringeworthy yeah but it, we're not talking like ted 2 here or anything you know oh okay. so it's that's what i would say about that were the children as annoying as they look yes okay really? yes oh i did not like the children in this there's an interesting thing they try to do with the roles of the kids like they try to reverse the role of big brother little brother so like the little brother is always bullying the big brother okay see i thought that was going to be funny dynamic whenever i saw that it could have been it just didn't it just didn't work for me because they're so annoying and so Darn. you know and i just i got over the little kid saying you know bully mean things shtick really quick yeah. like it was funny like once or twice and then i was like yeah i get it you're a jerk but that's not funny just to be a jerk there has to be something clever or interesting there yeah you know as, as a society we're over bullying okay <laughs> yes a uh, possible two-parter question okay, good, be i'll because, take part one first because okay. i don't think i have another question <laughs> okay i'll just be watching the chat and see if one pops up so okay run on it so to if there's a second part it's because of this one was the movie good the, that no okay so here's the second part then if it was no <laughs> does it take away from the magic of the first one Ooh, ooh! I like that question because sometimes when they go back and they try to do something again, it totally ruins the first original. I 
get what you're saying. Good question. This is the, and that is a great question. Or it doesn't even feel like the original. Right. I here's my thing, and maybe we have more of a, even a philosophical discussion on this. Let's I don't get think serious. it's I don't think it's possible to ruin a good movie with another movie. Okay. I think that's something we choose to do. It's like so for instance, here's what I compare it to. I love Chick-fil-A. Um okay. I for the first uh five years <laughs> I had. See, we just had to. We got to do this thing because we're in the same room together. Where Andrew and I just exchanged a very awkward look, like, you okay? No, okay, but I'm, I have to know where this is going now. I, okay. Yeah, we're in. We're so, in. There's Chick fil A. Good, good, good. So I love Chick fil A. And for the first five years I was aware of Chick fil A, I never had a bad chicken sandwich. Loved their chicken sandwich. One time I got a bad chicken sandwich from Chick fil A. It did not ruin those other chicken sandwiches they were still but, amazing but, but but it changed it changed my percentages so now <laughs> i know oh there's a chance i will get a i will get a bad one but it doesn't change the past it changes the possible future does that make sense yeah it of does, course but i can uh, double-edged sword there um another hypothetical say you had bad food like you went to chick-fil-a and the first sandwich you ever had was the bad one uh-huh. you probably wouldn't go back there's a lot of people who haven't seen the original national that's Lampoons. true so if they see this one first it's going to have a bad taste in their mouth i are not going to see the original in ones. other words don't see this one <laughs> just right. go back and watch the original go right? eat the good chicken sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> see told you it would all come together bravo bravo um, i like that that was a pretty good um so yeah i don't i don't know that it could it for me things can't ruin things they just change my perception from here going forward and i think those originals are really good i like that i agree with that all right danae let's talk about band we would love to invite you to hang out with us on band band is a group app where you can join in conversationally with uh, not just us in our Sift Pop group. We also have an Aaron and Danae band. And there's many other bands. Um, in fact, somebody that's in the chat right now, Monstrix, he has several bands that he manages, including memes and fun internet things. Uh, there's gaming. There's just a different like lifestyle groups. I made a Christian lifestyle band. There are currently five people in it. So come. <laughs> come hang out in my band with me. So uh, many people <laughs> interested in the Christian lifestyle. It's a really interesting app because it's huge in Korea. Uh, and they just opened it up to kind of be more like on in the U.S. And they made the bands discoverable. They used to all be completely private. So mm. you could never really see what anyone else is doing. So it's really like an interesting culture. It's kind of like when the chat rooms just started up and people were just trying to like, you know, meet each other, hang out share information and kind of get to know each other in a chat. So I love that. And if that's something that sounds kind of fun to you, uh, to join Aaron and I's, there's Aaron and Danae band. When you get it, just search for us. You'll find us. There's a Sift Pop band for pop culture. And one of the reasons we love it so much, it's clean and fun, but they also support our show by sending us swag giveaways. So you've probably heard us doing giveaways for band mm-hmm. swag. And uh, we actually did that last week. So we've been giving away t-shirts and kind of fun stuff like that. They're a great group of people and we really appreciate this app so and we're thinking about starting up a band for our supporters aren't we for yeah. those who support us financially and, and it'll be a way for us to really be in touch with those who care about our content you know enough to support it and really look to you for how you think the show's going what you know you want to see more of in the show what you want to see less of in the show all that kind of stuff so it's a cool way for us to connect and it's a little bit different than other social media platforms so anyway the, it's called band b-a-n-d and it has like a little green rubber band around the icon of the app. So you'll see it there. We've also got links at all of our uh, stuff on our website, AaronAndDenae.com. We'd love to see you there. All right. We're coming up to the last 15 minutes of the show, of the live show. So we usually do Buried Treasure. And this week is no different. This is the one thing in pop culture that you want to bring to people's attention. Make sure that they know that it's happening and be any single part of pop culture. And uh, we'll start with Danae. Danae seems very ready. Yeah, I got Windows 10. I just wanted to take a brief moment and let you guys know how that went. I'm going in the tech route. Uh, I signed up to have like the little Windows 10, you know, for free. Like, what was it? You told me about it like six weeks ago or something like that. The free upgrade? Yeah, the free upgrade. No, it's it's the full release. Oh, the entire thing. They did the full release and they're doing it for free. It's an apology for Windows 8. (laughs) Well, I have Windows 8. I it's an apology, and it they should apologize. If you it. have Windows 8, you should see a little window. It's like 
on your toolbar. In your toolbar, there'll be a little like it's the new it Windows like logo, this, and you just click here. on it, and it'll it'll upgrade you to Windows 10. Oh, fantastic! For so, and free. I upgrade I upgraded this this week as well. My husband ha- we updated his laptop as well. I mean, pretty smooth. I know, Aaron, you had a couple like little hiccups in in yours. There's it- always the possibility of that stuff. My yeah. sound quit working. <laughs> so <it's laughs> he like- had to reinstall some sound drivers and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Uh, for me, I had I just bought a computer last year, so it's a newer computer had Windows 8 on it, and my upgrade experience was really, really smooth, hardly any hiccups. Took about 45 minutes from start to finish, which isn't too bad, all things considered. Uh, not a lot was moved around and changed. There are some. No, things- I did like that. Everything seemed to stay in the same place. Yeah, it's a little bit different. It looks a little bit different, but I must say that everything seems to be going even faster on my computer, which, of course, the concern is that it's going to bog things down, but it seems to have streamlined uh, really well. Also, they released um, in their uh, new Windows 10, they have their new, uh, instead of doing Windows Explorer because they killed Explorer, they have, what's it called? Uh, the browser? The browser Edge, Microsoft Edge. Edge. Microsoft Edge. Which is really interesting browser. I've been kind of like going in and checking it out a when little bit. When your browser becomes a meme for bad internet, you know it's time to change things up. Yeah, and they did. <laughs> so, uh, it, yeah, internet it is, Explorer was the iconic. <laughs> so bad. It was so, so bad. I will tell you, though, just like whenever you get any new software or hardware, um, I never do the straight install. I always click on customize and start oh, reading yeah. what they're wanting to do on your computer. Yeah. Please make sure if you haven't updated yet, you go ahead and do that. Just take a few minutes and read about what they're wanting to do because Windows 10 comes with Cortana. Uh, so it can always be listening if you've got that on. Um, it also has its default set to always be uh, having your location available from your laptop and always connect to any Wi-Fi automatically. So there's a few things that maybe you want to have more control over. So you mentioned the privacy things in the customize. That wasn't the biggest deal to me. The biggest deal to me when I went into customize is that it would have automatically changed all my default programs. Yes. See, that's back that's back to Microsoft stuff. Yes. It would have changed my music, you yep. know, back to media player. It would have changed my, you know, mm-hmm. pictures back to whatever photo thing they want yeah. me to do. It would have changed my internet back to, you know, their edge. So that, that was the thing. I'm like, I love that you're giving me an update but quit trying to hijack my programs well, you know they yeah. used to uh you know back in the day whenever i was a young pc user you know if you had like they would really go through like here are your customization op- options you know um and there was be like a long list that you read windows 10 is super clean looking it's a one big beautiful page with a button that says click here to continue and then on the other side of the screen is a little bitty link that says customization options here so you know it's definitely playing to this new culture of having a really clean screen with like one thing to push Mm -hmm. so it i mean there's not a lot to look at there's not a lot to get confused by but you can easily just you know click i agree and then just move on a little bit too i love how you're touching the screen because you actually have a touch screen laptop yes i do (laughs) (laughs) so i really am touching my screen uh the snap 2 features on it last thing i'll mention are really really fun you can drag your you know windows over to the right and to the left and it'll snap your programs into place and they've also got it to where they can snap them into like little quarters as well quadrants you can do different quadrants on it so anyway i would recommend it so far i've really enjoyed it i also love on the snap 2 now that when you snap to one side it brings up anything else you have open and so you can choose what automatically snaps to the other side because that was one of the most annoying things was when you would snap something you had to go snap the other thing yeah. to the other side and now it just you just click on it and yeah, it'll put it on the other side i'm still learning some of the features of it um on their menu bar they even have like uh like a little button that you can like press and it you know brings up all of your current open things i don't know it's just it seems fantastic. it seems like a lot better than what i had before which i'm thankful for because i was very disappointed in there's it. also something i just told you that i'll mention in, that it's a feature that i like and i forget what it's called but in when you open up your file explorer when you're looking for something it automatically puts up certain things in the side that you often go to um, oh, in, yeah in a different way in that it's kind of always keeping track of you know your um your habits of the folders that you look at and that kind of stuff so it makes it easy to to it track learns that stuff. your behavior the yeah. search button is back the search button is back. <laughs> Everybody celebrate. Yay. So that's my that's my buried treasure this week. Thanks for listening to and indulging my little Windows 10 no, rant. I, you know what? I think most of us are still on Windows PCs for our stuff. I mean, we've got a Chromebook at home, which is nice, you know, because it's just a Google operating system and you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about the OS. 
Um, and I know a lot of people have Apple and they have, you know, those operating systems, but still for most people, it's, you know, it's the primary go-to. Oh, and, um, I didn't get like a notification that it was available to me. Like no, I, I kind of thought that it would yeah. have like a little, you know, like a little notification that popped and be like, okay, it's ready for you. Uh, I had, I clicked on it and then read that it was ready. So if you've already signed up and you're waiting to get some sort of notification from them, um, then it, it, you can just go check on it. And if you, for some reason, don't have that logo there, my husband had to do this. He just went to the Microsoft website and he was able to download it from there. Okay. Andrew, what's your buried treasure? Uh, lately this year, I've made it a goal of mine to read every single Stephen King book. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm 30 in, but I decided to take a break and get an audio book uh, from a different author. His name is Andy Weir. He wrote a book called The Martian. They're actually making a Matt Damon, Ridley Scott film later in the year. One of the best books I've read in my entire life. Whoa. Is The Martian. What the, is that the one that is, is about like profiling? Uh, basically what the plot of this movie is. Yes, that's the book right there on Amazon. Okay. Um, Matt Damon is uh, an astronaut, one of the first astronauts to in ever land. In the book land they a, say Matt Damon? Yes. I'm just, I'm, I'm okay, just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I forget his name in the book, so we'll just call him Matt Damon. Um, and uh, what happens is he's on the first manned mission to Mars, and there's a giant storm that hits the crew as they're uh, doing like their Avalanche. excavations and stuff. I was, I was going to say it sounds like it's the Interstellar prequel. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And uh, he gets hit by something in the storm, and they think he's dead. So they have to abandon their ch uh, mission, and they get in the shuttle and leave. But he's not dead. They left him alive on Mars, and he only has about... Uh, I'd say nine months worth of food to last him two years because that's how long it'll take them to get back to Mars to pick him up. So he has to... Oh, he's got this. So he has to find... Um, <laughs> he's Matt Damon. He has to find ways to grow food on a planet where nothing grows. The book goes into extraordinary detail about math and science. Interesting. How to actually grow... I don't know if um, Andy Weir has ever worked for NASA or something beyond genius. Like, this is how you would actually grow stuff on Mars. And from opening the book to closing it, I was enthralled. I read it all in one day. Wow. That's a good book. Yeah. When you just And like... I wanted to read it again. Wow. Is, did you say it was audiobook? Yeah, I, I, I like I, when I say I read it, I listened to it. You absorbed it audio like. Yes. So that sounds great. I yeah. did my first audiobook with. Um, uh, I listened to the Harry Potter books on audiobook. What's the one? Uh, the kid and they're in space and he doesn't know that he's saving Ender's the game. world. That's it. Decent book. It, I listened to that one. Yeah. It was interesting. I liked that movie. I hope they make more of those. Haven't. Oh wait, no, I did see the movie. Did you see the movie? Yeah, oh, that was good. Aaron, what's your uh, buried treasure? My buried treasure is a TV show uh, called Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Fantastic, right? I did a reaction to one of their videos uh, a couple days ago. Um, okay, so here's the deal with this. I watched the first season when it was only on in England. Yeah. So it started as a show in England like five years ago, and they did one series of, I don't know, like six or seven, maybe ten episodes. And the, the basic concept is, is of the show are the magicians, Penn and Teller, who are Vegas magicians and my favorite magicians, for that matter. Very entertaining yes. guys. yes. Uh, they basically bring magic acts out in front of them and they do a trick. And then what Penn and Teller do is they put their heads together and see if they can figure out how it's done. And what they'll do is they'll tell the magician something, some kind of code. They'll speak in code to the magician so they don't give anything away yeah. that lets the magicians know that they did or did not figure out their trick. And if the magician can fool Penn and Teller, then they open for Penn and Teller in Vegas and they have like this big opening gig. Yeah. So this appeals to me in many, many ways. Number one. Number one. I love magic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I can't say it enough. Thank you. <laughs> it's just, it's it's such a beautiful art form and there's, such, there's just something so wonderful about 
physically producing something that looks impossible on a stage yeah. or you know whether it be a car trick or, or whatever i still think copperfield can fly <laughs> just saying. well he can he's he can. he's of satan so um <laughs> so i love magic i love the art itself it's a beautiful thing i've loved it since i was a kid and we had a missionary come to our church one time and he can do some sleight of hand stuff and he showed me how to do a french drop with a quarter you know, where you look like you take the quarter in one hand, but you actually drop it into the other hand. And I was hooked. Like, I was just like, oh, I can make people believe things that aren't true. You know, it's just this amazing thing. You deceitful child. That's exactly right. Uh, and so I, I love magic. Number two, I love the the beauty and respect that Penn and Teller have for the art form. So you can tell as they're watching these magicians there is so if there's so little, if any of that typical like um, jealousy or things that you see in other professions, it is just honor and respect. They and want love. to be fooled. Yeah, they just they love the art form so much. They they it's just it's dripping off of them, and I love seeing that yeah. and how much they love it. Um, and I love the concept too. I just I love the idea that you know these magicians are parading in front of them and, and trying to fool them. And it's just it's really fun. They've relaunched it here in the states. It's on the CW. I don't know what night it's on, but they're about four episodes into this the season four or five episodes in, and I'm loving it all over again. And I would highly highly recommend it. It is fun fun for all ages. It'll I would never say get too. Boring. It'll never be a show where you're like, oh, it's another fool. No, you see that makes me afraid. Really? Yeah. Like, what if I watch it and I am bored? <laughs> That's okay. okay. You can be your own person. Yeah. <laughs> but I just won't be part of your club. <laughs> <laughs> Our magic club. Yeah, Our right. magic club. <laughs> I'm telling you, some of the things these magicians are doing. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Oh, I will also tell you, if you're watching America's Got Talent, one of the front runners on America's Got Talent this year is Piff the Magic Dragon. I've, I've seen that. That was where he had the costume. Mm -hmm. He was the on, dog. He was one of the very first <laughs> magicians on Penn and Teller's Fool Us that fooled them. So Piff was on Penn and Teller Fool Us several years ago and now is on America's Got Talent. I remember seeing a video and really liking him. No, he, oh, he's, he's great. He had a great stage per, yeah, per, persona. Yeah, it was his dog, but I don't, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. He the dog in the costume too and he oh, turned the dog into a bagpipe. And, he's hilarious. Yeah. He's, he's really, really great. And I'm glad to see him getting more attention even on America's Got Talent because he deserves it. You have no idea how happy I am that you said you <laughs> love magic. So, <laughs> oh man. The BDG what? in the comments says, Harris Third does some nice things about magic, illusion, and deception too. And, oh, Aaron, are you watching Zoo? No, I have heard about Zoo. I almost started watching it. I've just got too many other things to catch up on my plate. The The next show on my plate to catch up on is one called Humans. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. It's a show on sci-fi. Uh, Mr. Robot, by the way, has, is, it developing is developing well? into an incredible we, show. It's number seven right now on IMDb's top TV shows of all time. Really? It is so good. Have you been watching it? Mm -mm. Okay, so... But since then, I'm like, it, i got to wait for the hype to die down, or is it going to live up to... What it's telling you. All right, I'm I was, up there I was with concerned. Bad in Game of Thrones. I know we're kind of running up against our time here, but we'll talk about that after the show is over because we reviewed uh, Mr. Robot, and so I watched the first one, the first episode, and then part of the second one. I didn't know if I was going to keep going, but I guess it's just getting better. I would and better, highly so. recommend to keep going, and I will tell you, I, and I won't give anything away, but after the fifth episode, I had a thought, possibly a discovery in my mind and watching the show and now I and now I've gone back and watched every episode again with that new perspective and it just keeps getting better. Okay. So it looks like there are right now seven episodes of Mr. Robot. Is that right? Uh, I think the sixth one just aired. Maybe it's the seventh. Okay, okay, the sixth uh It's hard to tell because their episode titles yeah, are like weird. computer files. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so, I understand. It's so great. That's why it's so confusing. So Two, the three, first four, episode was five, like 0. 0.0, and it then it's 0. Like 0.1, 0. 0.2. It says episode six was July 29th. Yes, Seven that was this is week. August 5th, and yep. the eighth is August 12th. So yeah. that's the other thing right I now. learned after we talked about Mr. Robot is that it was originally intended to be a movie. Oh, and the guy that that wrote it and directed it when they were like, you know, hey, why don't you bring this to DV? He's like, okay, but I'm not changing the plot or trying to stretch anything out. I'm putting on the screen the story that I want to tell. Oh, that's so interesting. And so it's it's and you can tell that he's really passionate about it. So do we have time for one like insanely quick uh, thing? Another right. hidden gem. Sure, sure. On HBO, there is a series documentary called The Jinx. Okay. 
the most jaw-dropping documentary I've ever seen in my life. Is this the one about the um, the guy, uh, what's his name? The billionaire yeah, 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 from yeah, yeah. New York who killed some people and got away with it. Yeah. It will change your life. You know what it's like? What I've heard it compared to is the podcast. Um, what was the podcast that took everybody by storm today? Serial. Uh, Serial. So Serial was a podcast where they were exploring this case. And the case would change as they were exploring it, as more and more and more people looked into it. Mm -hmm. And I've heard the same about the jinx, you know, that it's the same kind of way that, you know, that, that as they were doing this documentary, the documentary itself influenced the outcome. Very much so. And yeah, that, that could be very interesting. The ending of this documentary, I'm not going to spoil anything because I really, really want people to watch it. Um, as soon as it ended, like seven people were calling me like... Tell me you just watched it. And I'm like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, yeah. it messed me up for at least a week. That's a, that's a resounding, resounding uh, yeah. uh, endorsement. It <laughs> messed me up for at least a week. <laughs> yeah. That's the same way I endorse Taco Bell, by the way. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to talk about uh, messing up for a week, watch my video about me eating a Carolina Reaper, the hottest pepper in the world. Ugh. No thanks, man. The things I'm you do for I'm your art. I'm still not. I'm still not feeling. <laughs> not quite 100%. right. Not normal. <laughs> what were you gonna uh, say today? There was a question in about how many episodes uh, will be for Mr. Robot, and if it's gonna be just one season. I just like quickly ran over to uh, a link, and I think it was renewed for a second season. It has been renewed for so season two. I think the first season's gonna be ten episodes, if I'm understanding correctly, and then I'm not sure how season two is gonna go. And I'm not sure if the creator is then adding like a second story, like yeah. if he's finishing his first story up with the first I season. Hope, I would hope that or... he would stick with his craft. I mean, thank you guys so much in the chats. There's just some fun stuff going on. Also, when you mentioned what was that famous podcast, the one that blew cereal. up, mm -hmm. uh, one of our fans in the chat said it was shoe the dough. Aww, and then whenever we said cereal, oh yeah, cereal. Well, next year it's shoot the dough. So <laughs> we appreciate that <laughs> very much. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Sift Pop, our pop culture segment for Shoe the Dough. As always, it is uh, the critic, the geek, and the girl at the helm. And Maybe. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. I had so much fun. Isn't this is a blast. Oh, so, so fun. So you can check out Andrew's stuff at Flick Freaks. YouTube is kind of your primary outlet. Yeah. If um, you search for Flick Freaks on YouTube, they should be able to find thing, you. Very first Look thing that pops up. Look for a handsome gentleman with a handlebar mustache. Yes. <laughs> we all know that's Andrew. Um, can I plug just two things real quick? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Uh, I'm going to be on another podcast uh, this coming Wednesday, All Tower Media Podcast. We're going to be talking about Stephen King. Our favorite Stephen King books, best movie adaptations, worst movie adaptations. Cool. And then starting Friday of next week, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas, doing coverage of RTX. If you're uh, familiar with Rooster Teeth, it's their big expo of the year. And I'm going to be down in Austin, Texas, if you're going to be there for that. Come up to me, say hello, I'd love to meet you. Uh, we'll do, I'm going to do a couple of meet and greets, stuff like that. Oh my goodness, that sounds fun. Lots of fun. Very busy. Little jet setter. If yeah. you uh, would subscribe to Sift Pop, S-I-F-T-P-O-P, in iTunes or Stitcher, that is the only way you'll get to hear our spoiler section of this podcast when we talk Mission Impossible Rogue Nation spoilers. So subscribe to the podcast and as you know, well as hit up Patreon and all that kind of fun stuff. Now I think I need to go scrape my knee riding some motorcycles, doing some <laughs> stunt work. Today you're going to show me how to do some motorcycle stunt work? I will. First question. Can you balance while standing on your two feet normally? <laughs> if the answer is no, we're not going to put you on a bike. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> I, I think you have foreknowledge of the answer to that question. Uh, thanks, guys. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.